0: Hello and welcome. This is your host to Moments with Moni. That's right, Moni, right here on Eternity Ready Radio. I stopped by to let you know that you can listen in on Sunday mornings from 10 to 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time. At present, Moments with Moni is going through the Biblical Covenant series to help us understand what God is doing and what our role is in His plan. Sprinkled with a dash of humor, the storytelling of these covenants brings us closer to understanding the heart of God. So put it on your calendar and share it with your friends. Gather the family together and listen in here on Eternity Ready Radio. Sundays from 10 to 10.30 a.m. Pacific to Moments with Moni. Thanks for listening. And welcome to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here where we ponder life from a biblical perspective where salt makes us thirsty and light exposes darkness. Come, let's ponder these things together. Welcome back to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here. The last time we looked at the biblical covenants, we explored the Mosaic Covenant and left the house of Jacob on their way into the promised land without Moses. Joshua and Caleb were leading the people into the land of milk and honey after 40 years in the wilderness. Things were going well for them, and yet, instead of returning God's favor and loving kindness, the Israelites spun down and out into disobedience to God's laws time and time again. The times of the judges had come to an end, and this little tiny book in the Bible called Ruth pops up with a story of customs and life during the period of the judges. There are a few points of DNA thread that weave their way through the book to our next stop along the way of the biblical covenants, like a dot-to-dot pencil activity book. Genealogy is close to my heart. I love seeing the family tree fill up as research is done. The more the merrier, the more to love. Sometimes there is an unexpected surprise that pops up in the generations, and I love to see how that particular branch of the family is grafted into the tree and see how and where they hail from. Family traits are sometimes strong and overshadow what you might have thought was the norm. Whether it be an ancestral link that is lost or that pops up unexpectedly, it may cause much heartache, or joy i suppose it depends on the perspective of those already hanging in the family tree whether we be nuts or peaches or apples each family member can only be responsible for what is in their own heart as they reach out to others kind of like the book of ruth it's a great example of a family lineage that stems from abraham to moses amongst a family line that was kept pure and separate because of the racist hearts of the Egyptians at the time of slavery before the Exodus, to a time when all the kings of Israel did what was right in their own eyes. Ruth is a beautiful account of a Moabitess that marries into the line of the Hebrews. The Moabites were the son of Lot and known to the Hebrews as God's wash pot. And yet, this young woman, Ruth, was used by God to bring about the ancestral line of someone near and dear to my heart. A quick summary of Ruth's story is that she marries into a family of Hebrews that left Bethlehem, the house of bread, during the famine. Ruth marries one of the sons in this family, but the dad dies, then both the sons die, and the other daughter-in-law goes back home to her family. Only Ruth, the Moabitess, stays with her mother-in-law, Naomi, and returns to Bethlehem, the house of bread, to care for her. Here Ruth meets Boaz, who cares for her and is a picture of a redeemer. Boaz redeems the inheritance that belonged to the Hebrew widow, Naomi, and in the deal gets the land And a wife in Ruth. The last portion of the book of Ruth gives us the line of the ten generations from Pheres through Boaz and Ruth to their descendants. So Boaz had Obed, which meant server, and Obed was the father of Jesse, and Jesse was the father of David, and David brings us to the next covenant. Why do you think God would use someone so despised in the eyes of others to bring about something so beautiful? Well, perhaps he is showing us that we ourselves, no matter how sinful we are, however ugly we see ourselves in his sight, we are important to him and we are loved by him. God will use anyone that is willing to be used as we see in the picture of Ruth's loving heart. We have now seen the DNA thread weave from Adam to David, and we pick up the story in the book of Samuel, chapter 18. Samuel was a child that grew up taught by the priests about the ways of God and served God with all his heart. Ever since Hannah, his mother dropped him off with the priests after Samuel was weaned at three years old. He obeyed God and grew up to be the priest over Israel. Just as Israel's past, they made another choice that went against what God had in mind for them. Israel rejected the priest and wanted a king like the other nations around them had. Have you ever wanted to bless your children with something that you know would be good for them, only to find your child rejecting the gift? Well, Samuel takes the demand of the people to God and then returns with the reply. Okay, you can have your king, but you won't like it. (laughs) Yeah, so there are times when uh, we know God says no, but we turn around and do it anyway. And he warns us that we won't like it, and yet we do it anyway. God warns them, you know, things like, taxes and your sons being scripted into the army and taxes and your daughters being taken out of your homes to work elsewhere and more taxes. You're not going to like these things. Have you ever tired of doing something that is good? It's not easy always having to be the one to break up fights, rescue other nations and be a godly example to the world. Ever want to be just like the rest of the gang? Well, Israel wanted to be like the other nations and have their own king. Not just any king, though. They wanted the tall, dark, and handsome king, even though he lacked a good character. So Israel chose Saul. Well, Saul had a son named Jonathan, who was a better man than Saul, who was not afraid in battle like his dad. Jonathan and David met during the battle against that giant Goliath. You know, the battle that Saul was too afraid to fight and let little David go to fight the mighty Goliath all on his own. Jonathan and David then cut a covenant with each other and became covenant friends. Jonathan gave David his robe and sword and belt and told him that all I have is yours. During this time, it was Saul who became jealous of David and wanted to kill David to secure the throne for Jonathan. After all, in Saul's eyes, Jonathan was the rightful heir to the kingdom for he was his son. Mm. But the soul of Jonathan and the soul of David were knit together. As we continue reading through for Samuel, Saul and Jonathan die, and David is anointed king. If we remember Abraham making a covenant with a local king over some wells of water, the story revealed that not only was the covenant made between Abraham and the king, but also to their descendants. If we remember the covenant God makes with Abraham, it was God who continued the covenant to the descendants of Abraham as well. If we remember Noah, the covenant continued on beyond Noah and his family and all the animals and all their descendants. If we remember the covenant made with Adam, it continued to all the descendants as well. So... After David was anointed king, he remembered that not only was the covenant made between he and Jonathan, but to the descendants of Jonathan as well. So David begins to ask if there are any left of the house of Jonathan. Of course, this is what many were fearing, for there were many that lived in fear of David, It was years that King Saul had put the fear of David into them. For it was Saul that wanted David killed. Find David for me and kill him. So when David took the throne after Saul and Jonathan's death, the nanny to Jonathan's son, Mephibosheth, let's try that again, Mephibosheth, okay, you pronounce it your way, Anyway, this son was injured and crippled him, accidentally in her haste to get him to safety. She was a a large woman. She ran quickly with him in his arms, and they fell, and she crushed him. Hmm. But now it was time to face the king. Those who were guarding Mephiboseth feared he would be killed, but instead... King David showed him great loving kindness because of the covenant with his father Jonathan. So Mephibosheth has a choice to make. One who lived in fear of the man in front of him was now offered a home, a place at the king's table at every meal, and Mephibosheth's servants, you say that five times fast, Anyway, his servants would work his land and bring in the bounty for them all. Or he could reject King David's offer. All Mephiboseth had to do was change his mind about King David and accept his offer of loving kindness. So what do you think Mephibosheth did? He made a very wise decision and accepted his father's covenant. And David restored Mephibosheth's inheritance. And he ate at the king's table for the rest of his days. Could there be a more glorious happy ending of a story? Why, yes, actually, there is. I love happy endings. If we connect the DNA dots, we see an even greater happy ending. Well, perhaps because maybe you know it depends on you you have the final choice psalm 25:14 tells us that the secret of the lord is with them who fear him and he will show them his covenant do you understand what has happened here both parties of this covenant between jonathan and david had made a blood covenant which made them no longer enemies, but friends. Just like God, who after making the covenant with Abraham called him a friend of God. The term friend is used very loosely these days, as in the form of a thumbs up on social media, or a group of young adults that meander through life together while adulting. But To God, friend is an even stronger bond than family, a blood-brother bond. Perhaps this will give us a little more understanding. Jesus, who left heaven and came in the form of man in a little lower status than the angels, came in the form of man and the blood of God and man were mixed in his veins. The symbol of Jonathan and David's covenant were the robe that represented a yielding of his position to the future king. The garments that Jonathan gave David represented his possessions. The sword and the bow and his girdle or or belt represented his power willingly yielded to the future king. So David, like Jesus, sought out those who are lame and crippled, sinners like you and me. David was a picture of God who is covenant-bound to Abraham and all his generations thereafter. As sinners, have we ever hid from the presence of God when we know full well we have been disobedient? I'll let you answer that one. I know I have. I know Adam and Eve did. Jesus seeks us out and shows us and offers us his loving kindness and mercy, his hesed love and forgiveness. We now have a choice. We have been shown the loving kindness of God and need to make a decision. Will we cling to our own beliefs of God, our own picture of who he is or will we change our mind and repent? Will we accept or reject the love and the mercy and the covenants God has offered us by this picture of David and Jonathan in covenant that points us toward all that is fulfilled in Jesus? Does anyone else like a happy ending like I do? Mephibosheth repents and accepts God's loving kindness, mercy, and forgiveness. He is now in King David's presence. He is also to have his inheritance restored, and he will no longer be enemies with the king, but friends with the king. He will no longer walk in fear of the king, but walk in victory with fear and doubt cast away. He will sit and eat with the king at his own table and commune with him. What a beautiful picture of what our King Jesus has done for us. Jesus made a way for us to be with him at his table and commune with him. There is power in the blood covenant. There is power in the blood of Jesus that was given freely by him so that our sins could be washed away forever, not just covered up in the blood covenant by way of an animal, which was only a foreshadow of Jesus' sacrifice. The blood of man and God was mingled on the cross so that crippled sinners like you and I could be heirs to the kingdom of God. Why did, why did God put this story in the Bible for us? Well, if we go back to the beginning, Vicini, we know that God created a perfect world for mankind so that God and mankind could spend time together in relationship and love one another. God put man into the garden to rule and reign over the land and the animals. Do you remember what happened next? Yeah, sin entered the world and mankind was crippled with sin and fear and were cast out of the garden into the barren land. Mankind was deceived into fearing and hating God, just as some still do today. But how how can we hate what or who we do not know? preconceived ideas of God can keep us from loving who He really is. For He has shown us through His Word that He is trustworthy, He is faithful, and worthy of our love. If we put our trust in Him, He will never leave us or forsake us. You see, God in His covenant with His Son, Jesus, and for Christ's sake, God forgives us. It's not a matter of our own worthiness, but it is because of his steadfast covenant love with us. The next time the enemy makes you feel unworthy before God, don't spend precious energy arguing with him. Just admit you are unworthy and run to Jesus and hide behind him who is your strong tower. Let Jesus take care of the enemy and keep your eyes on your Savior. If we walk in ignorance of the blood covenant, we lose out on so much in this present life as well as in our future eternity. The story of David and Jonathan and Mephibosheth shows us forgiveness, fortune, fellowship, and that we are family with an inheritance You see, Adam, the first man, lost that inheritance. And Jesus, the one who is called the second Adam in the Bible, restored our inheritance. I hope this episode has given you a better understanding of the Davidic covenant. Have you seen yourself within this covenant? Is there something that you need to do in your own heart? Maybe spend some time with the lover of your soul. Or maybe you really have never bowed your knee before Jesus. Maybe today is the day. Bow your head, your heart, your knee and fall on his grace. Become a child of God because of the covenant that we have with Jesus. All we have here in these past episodes are Foreshadows of the new covenant that is coming, so the next time we gather together to look at the new covenant, we will see we are not here to mourn a corpse when we gather, but to celebrate eternal life because of a final, perfect sacrifice in Jesus. Just as John three sixteen reminds us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. God has made a way, a way out of this ugliness and sin. This world is not our home. There is a much better place awaiting for us that God is preparing. Jesus is preparing for us. He told us, And if it weren't so, he wouldn't have told us. He's building a beautiful place for us to live with him forever. Where there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. And we will be in his presence forever. But it will only be for those that bow the knee, surrender the heart to him, before this church age is over and I don't know when that's going to be if someone tells you they know when it's going to be it that's not in the bible and you're not hearing the truth as I finish this recording the sky is a glow with a sunset and clouds and the heavenly blue sky is gorgeous up there in north Idaho I don't know if I'll ever get to see you on this side of the earth, but I look forward to seeing you in heaven one day. I don't know when that is. So until then, let's be kind and tenderhearted towards each other. Even as God has forgiven us, let's forgive others and walk in grace and love and mercy. Oh, that loving kindness, that hesed love, even Ruth's name that I mentioned in this episode, her name basically means that Hesed love. God knew what he was doing when he put the entire Bible together from beginning to end. We can't take away one part. It needs to be read as a whole to get the entire picture, the entire truth. I'd love to hear from you. Come on down to the... Facebook community group of Moments with Moni. If you get a chance and you're listening to this on iTunes or Podchaser, I'd so appreciate it if you could leave a review. Thanks so much for listening to Moments with Moni. She If you've enjoyed listening to Moments with Moni, you can find a lot more information on the website at momentswithmoni.com. There'll be background information on each of the podcasts, a way to subscribe and information to connect in many different ways. Thanks so much for listening.